You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are continuing our celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month today, and we are heading to El Paso, Texas today. Mm-hmm. Our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Carl Heimer. He's pastor and CEO for Isleta Lutheran Mission in El Paso, Texas, and pastor of San Pablo Lutheran Church in El Paso. Dr. Heimer, thanks so much for being our guest on The Coffee Hour. Gracias. Thank you uh, for having me. Absolutely. It's a, a joy and a delight to get to learn about the Lord's work in your unique setting. So tell us, how did the Lord bring you to this unique mission in El Paso, Texas? Well, it's really a, a beautiful thing that God has uh, blessed me from the very beginning, the knowledge that he's the one that from the very beginning made it possible for me to be here. I was born and raised in Cuba and five years old when I finally got into the naval base. But I was born in the naval base and stayed in Guantan- in a little place called Caimanera, right next to the naval base. And the culture background that I have is my father was a Swede. My mother uh, was a Cuban, was born in Cienfuegos, uh, Cuba. And the cultural way in which God has prepared me for this work has just been wonderful, and I think uh, God has really blessed us and blessed me with this opportunity. It's, this place where I am right now is such a unique place, but it's very similar to where I was in Cuba because we lived in the naval base and actually related very well to Cuba itself. So the border here in El Paso is very similar in the nature of the border between the naval base and Cuba. Uh, Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, we had the little town of Guantanamo right next to us and a little town called Cienfuegos where I spent my first five years and went on to uh, the naval base for the education until I was 19. And then I came then to study at Concordia actually uh, junior college in Austin, Texas, and God really was able to bring me to this unique uh, mission, having the background that God has given me. That's a wonderful story, and it is quite amazing how God prepares us for the work that He will give us to do later in our lives. Tell us about the community of El Paso, Texas. You mentioned it; it's obviously on the border. Tell yes. us about the community, some of the, the the unique things about living in in a, a border community. Yeah, it's kind of a neat thing because the border has the families where sometimes, like Carla, who works for me, his, her mother is on the other side, and there is this relationship of family in Juarez, as well as the family, of course, in El Paso. And it was just a beautiful thing to know that there is that, that relationship, that family relationship. And then the separates us, just a fence uh, or fences, but, and the different political circumstances that exist between the two. But that is the nature of that plus we're north and south. We're we're not like, for example, if you go to San Antonio and you see the Alamo and the cultural, and, and we're not in that area. We're more business type thing. We have La Maquiladoras on the other side, the places where the factories are put together. 
and on this side, of course, they might be having parts of it over there, parts of it over here. And it's a north and south, and it goes all the way up towards Denver, where, I mean, like, if you look at that kind of business, it relates to Denver. The partner of El Paso is Albuquerque, so to speak, and the partner of Juarez would be Chihuahua, uh, Mexico. So it's all in the business sense, and those are the the unique things about this border that makes it sort of different and beautiful for us to relate uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as we see that that possibility of helping in both the the economic things because I'm a Rotarian I work with the the, the, the economic aspect and the relationship of business to what's going on here at the border, and we're connecting the same thing in Juarez so that they have Rotarians over there and we work with them over there. So it's a way that's kind of different than what you expect in other places. Isn't that something? Hmm. Hmm. So what does this mean then? These things that you've described about the uniqueness of a, a border community or a border city, what then does that mean for day-to-day life? What does day-to-day life look like, or how is it unique in a border city like El Paso? Well, you know, the nature of what's going on right now in the world in terms of refugees, or that's what they consider themselves to be, coming across, and that sort of nature that happens here at the border, it gives us an opportunity to deal with whatever that, happens and it, it's kind of one of those needs that exist in this border to be able to confront with our faith to deal with that kind of problem that exists. We work with the uh, people who are detained in, in the, here at the border. I have a service when we, before the pandemic we had the services. Now we're sort of limited in being able to go into any of the federal places or anything like that. We're still doing that with with the problems that we have today with those who have come up that have no actually permissions to be here. And normally that is one of the ministries that we do. We connect in terms of going there. We give uh, Bibles for free. Uh, we, of course, everything we do is we sing and have worship services with those who are detained. Those are the things that are part of the nature of this community, as well as providing the food. Right now, we are working with our community to provide 150 families every Saturday, sometimes 140, uh, 130, whatever it is. You multiply it times three in each one, you'll see how many people are actually given in this. We do this every Saturday at our community here, our church. Our, we have like five acres, uh, like 15 buildings. It's not just one little church in the Wildwood. It's, it's something that the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod through the Rocky Mountain District uh, actually has put together here. And we're sort of able to provide the foods using the resources that we have, the El Paso Fighting Hunger. Also, we use the our, our own churches that come and give us help with food and those kinds of things. 
Also, they provide Bibles and stuff that for us to, to give. During the winter time, we provide the blankets for the people in this community. We also provide kits, or shall we say, health kits to people. We're, we're dealing with the nature of, of some poverty, both here and across our border on the other side. And that's the kind of the thing that we are doing. The orphan grain train is what I wanted to mention too, is one of the vehicles by which God has helped us provide for the needs of this community. And we have a program from the uh, Rotarians, which I had mentioned before. We, the civic associations are very helpful in, in helping, and it makes us to relate the, this concept of is so important that people when you know we lutherans want people to know a lot and it, and people really need to know we study very faithfully and very concerned about the doctrine of our church and i think we provide that message to them and but we want people to come so that people really don't care to know what you know until they know that you care so caring is part of the needs of this this mission for a community that has all different kinds of needs in, in the things that we are uh, providing here. And that is so important that we give that message, the kindness, the way in which we treat people. It, it's just so important for us to provide those elements by which people will come to us and, and ask the question. We have servant events that we have. We build some houses across our border. And I, I mean by house, I mean like enough for just maybe a room that includes uh, the, the place where the people are going to eat and sleep and everything else because we go to the poorest areas of town and provide that. But that gives us the opportunity for them to see the kindness and ask the question, why do you do this? And then our idea comes from the scriptures, of course, it's for by grace, you're saved through faith, not of yourself, it's a gift of God. So this house is a gift of God. This food is a gift of God. This uh, way of helping you when you're detained is a gift of God. All the things that we are able to provide are all a gift of God. and we. We always point to God, not ourselves, for those things that God has provided for our community. You've mentioned a few, but are there other needs of this community besides the poverty and ministering to those that are detained? Are there other unique needs of this community that uh, you're able to meet? Well, actually, the most difficult thing is to have people to come down and learn the culture so that they can also be helpful and it's just there's too much for just a few people that, that we have down here doing it and we're in tremendous need for those who would help us to, to help us with being a person who can help us with the areas that we want to serve and we're dealing with the area of music bringing the we have the I don't know if you know this but we have La San Pablo Mariachis there um, my son, who actually is a pastor of Zion Lutheran Church, works with a group of people down here. But uh, we really need to develop more leadership in that area that we would like to have. So if anybody is interested 
and a mission work that needs to happen, that's an area. And the same area, actually, if you're going to be a vicar, if you're going to be a leader in some sort, I'm expecting that the need that we have is to have more people to come down here to be culturally learning about what's going on as well as assisting us with all the work that needs to be done. It's just one of the things that I think is so important. I'm hoping to work with colleges or actually seminaries. We're working with the Dominican Republic and we're helping to develop a deaconess Right now, as we speak, Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod has that work down in the Dominican Republic, and they are working with the individuals who are going to be helping us by the training the leaders to help us with the community. So if you're looking at a way to this future continuation of this ministry, we need more missionaries, we need more pastors, we need more leaders, not only over where you could come and get this experience by coming here, but we need them here too. So uh, I need to, I'm developing the work in Mexico that we can have pastors and missionaries there in developing the churches. So I don't know if I'm explaining it too well, but I think my whole mentality my, my whole mentality is to kind of give you a sense of uh, maybe you ought to come down in one of the servant events and maybe your group needs to have this experience and help us with providing that message of changing lives through simple acts of kindness and I think if there's anything that's needed is more actually from the area of us helping you become a better Christian, better believer, one that is mission-minded, one that is culturally sensitive and understanding what's going on from different people. This is Hispanic Month, and I think it's important that you get that picture how unique it is to work among Hispanics and and get that background. I think it's, it's a beautiful thing. So I'm looking forward to trying to work with the uh, different areas of our synod to get more and more people to come down and be part of this work that needs to be done. We certainly need you guys. We're learning about the the Lord's work in El Paso, Texas today with the Reverend Dr. Carl Heimer. He's pastor and CEO of Isleta Lutheran Mission in El Paso and pastor of San Pablo Lutheran Church in El Paso, Texas. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Dun, dun, dun. 
Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're learning about the Lord's work in El Paso, Texas at the Isleta Lutheran Mission with the Reverend Dr. Carl Heimer, pastor and CEO, um, also pastor of San Pablo Lutheran Church in El Paso, Texas. Pastor, tell us about San Pablo Lutheran Church in El Paso, Texas. Yes, I came to this place and we started developing San Pablo Lutheran Church in 1982. And San Pablo is, well, in all my whole life, I've always had the uh, message that I can give. I am a pastor. I know I'm technically working with CEO, and we'll talk about that probably later, but the factor is the importance of the church. And my whole concept is to make sure that we develop the church. It is the bride of Christ. It is that which God has made so special. And so San Pablo, to me, is the center of everything that we do here. It's also the way in which I believe my message of developing other churches across our border puts the emphasis, the really ownership of where this all is beginning, and that is among God who then puts the message that go ye therefore and baptize all nations in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is the focus. The Church San Pablo, if you turn it around where you can look up the ceiling, it's like the, the bottom of a boat. And when you see that God has put us as fishers of men, and the boat then is placed by when I preach, I am there as the helm, with the helm where the pulpit is, directing it with the message of the Word of God. And when that concept is one that puts God in the driver's seat in San Pablo Lutheran Church, and it becomes the real reason why we are here in the border, border of El Paso, Texas, bringing the message of God before all those around us. And it's so unique now because where you are, and we're part of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, we're part of you in different churches. You are all one, and, and we are all in this together to, to in this unique way, especially in our area, when you give to your district, when you give to your church at large, uh, you develop people who are Hispanic, who can go out into all the nations and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. This is all one of us, all of us, within the nature of what I'm trying to explain to you. San Pablo Lutheran Church is just one in the areas that you, as your church, is working. We are working with the same method of of making sure that we being we bring people to know Jesus Christ. We are the fishers of men. We're the one who brings that message of salvation to others. And San Pablo is here. We have a, a Bible class. We have Sunday school. We have the uniqueness of a bilingual worship service. Because of the pandemic, we used to have an English service at 9, and we had one at 11 o'clock. And we... Oh, at 11.30, excuse me, in Spanish. But now we have it at 11 o'clock bilingually in both languages. 
So I begin in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in the nombre del Padre, del Hijo, y del Espíritu Santo. And then we do the confession in both the Spanish and the English. And then we move on into the liturgy as we have. And we try to deal with all the, the different hymns that would be able to be changed into both languages because there's not too many that would be able to do that. But San Pablo is the center of what this is all about. And I want to have that same creation of when I'm working with Santissima Trinidad, when I'm working with uh, Cristo Bay, I'm working with the San Lucas or some of the other churches at Gloria Day. All these the, this whole center of the church, San Pablo Lutheran Church. And that's the kind of thing that I think is important. We have uh, all different uh, backgrounds. We have Cubans, we've had Puerto Ricans, we've had, of course, Mexicans. We have all different people that are part of our, our worship services. And we have Anglos and people who come from Minnesota and all other places too. And that is what composes San Pablo. And they're involved in our giving of food on Saturday mornings. I'm there at 6 in the morning, and I'm there helping till 7.30. We, we get started giving out the food. San Pablo is involved in all the different things we do. They're involved with the mariachi. It's called Mariachi San Pablo. So they're involved in that. And they're also, when... The servant events come, they come to San Pablo Lutheran Church and we dedicate them as we, as they begin the work that they're going to be doing across our border. And that is an area that I think, and if you have any questions and specifically, you know, I will address them about San Pablo, but that's pretty much what we're all about. With just about uh, two or three minutes left, why is this work that you're doing with Isleta and with San Pablo, why is this so important to the community where you're, where you are right now? Well, it's important because people see Jesus Christ working in the lives of people and the nature of who we represent is visible. It's not just something that somebody just talks about it and say, you know, I'm going to do this or that, or, you know, I'm a believer. But actually people get to see it. They, they see it in the lives of our people here locally. And that's the nature, I think, that shows the importance of what this is all about. This is God working in you and me. And it's for by grace that you're saved through faith, not of yourself. It is a gift of God. So God uses us to be the images of the light of the world and the salt of the earth. And so that's so important that we actually visibly there, giving the message of what it really means to have a loving and forgiving God, that he is so great and precious to all of us. And I think it's so important that people see it, not just hear it. And that's what I think we are so much concerned about and being part of. And it's part of the Holy Spirit. We we know the, that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is, if you look at Galatians 5.22, you see 
the love, of course, that, that comes from God himself. This is not about us. And when the disciples were, were talking about who's the greatest and God just takes a little baby and he says, you know, this is how we look at the greatest. And that is a child, a baby can be carried. And so being carried by God is a factor I think is so important that we have before us. How can we learn more about Isleta Lutheran Mission in El Paso? Well, actually, I don't. I know we have a, a web page, um, but you know, I I really like for people to to call me. I have a cell phone too I, that that would be helpful to give. It's a nine one five seven four zero three four nine six, and I think we do have a, a web page just ylm.org, just go to the webpage and you'll find a lot more information about that, ylm.org. And that would give you a real informational message of how to to be able to do that. And church phone number is 915-858-2588. That's the church phone number that we have. But, but anyway, please feel free to go to the webpage and ask and just put ylm.org and be able to get what you need there. Okay. Our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Carl Heimer, pastor and CEO of Isleta Lutheran Mission in El Paso, Texas, and pastor of San Pablo Lutheran Church in El Paso, Texas. Dr. Heimer, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. Thank you very much for having us. God bless you. You've been listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. <laughs>